It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you are listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. Your calls are welcome at 334-844-9345 or 334-844-WEAGLE, and you can also find me on Instagram at Lock. Let's climb into the nest. Welcome into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke, coming to you live from the Bradley Basin Studio and the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University. We have a great show here for you today, and I am looking forward to breaking down everything that has been going on in the sports world over the past week. But before we get into action, today is a very special day in the United States. To everyone who has served this country, thank you so much. We are forever in your debt for your brave and selfless service, and happy Veterans Day from everyone here at Weagle. So, it's an exciting time here on the Plains. So much has been going on, a lot of great sports action. The women's soccer team hosts Sanford in the first round of the NCAA tournament tomorrow night. That'll be a very good game. Men's basketball has gotten underway with a big win over Moorhead State. And the women's team kicks off their season tonight. Be sure to come out tonight. I'm going to be there. Wear white. And let's get this Johnny Harris era off to a great start. So kind of the first thing we're going to talk about today is the beginning of college basketball. Not necessarily much Auburn stuff um, at first. At first, we're just going to kind of give you a broad scope of what's been going on. Some top 25 results from the past couple days. Just stuff like that, and in addition to that, we're going to talk about just some games that I found pretty interesting from the first little bit of the season, so let's dive right into it. So, Tuesday night is when the season got started. Just about every um, top 25 team was in action, so we're just going to kind of break it down here. So, the number one ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs beat Dixie State 97-63. to The second-ranked UCLA Bruins beat California State University of Bakersfield 97-58. The Kansas Jayhawks, number three Kansas Jayhawks, traveled up to East Lansing to face off against the Michigan State Wolverines. Kansas got it done 87-74. Mount St. Mary's traveled over to Philly to face the number fourth-ranked Villanova Wildcats and lost 91-51. Houston Baptist traveled to Austin to face off against the fifth-ranked Texas Longhorns and lost 92-48. The number seventh-ranked Purdue Boilermakers hosted Bellarmine and won that game 96-67. In a probably the best game from um, the first night, or highly anticipated at least. The number nine Duke Blue Devils faced off against the number ten Kentucky Wildcats. Duke got it done ninety. I'm sorry, seventy nine to seventy one. This was a good game for a while. Duke kind of pulled away at the end, but a good game nonetheless. The eleventh ranked Illinois Fighting Illini hosted Jackson State. Illinois got it done seventy one to forty seven. Number twelve Memphis hosted Tennessee Tech. Memphis won eighty nine to sixty five. Number 13, Oregon hosted Texas State, I mean, I'm sorry, Texas Southern, and Oregon won 83-66. The boys from Tuscaloosa, who we aren't too fond of here on the Plains, beat Louisiana Tech 93-64. to 
number 15, Houston beat Hofstra 83-75 to in overtime. So almost an upset there. Um, Arkansas, number 16, hosted Mercer and beat them 74-61. This game was close. They kept throwing it up on um, the screen in Auburn Arena on Tuesday night. And it looked like there for a little while there that Mercer really had a chance of pulling it out, but that didn't happen. Number 17, Ohio State hosted Akron, and they beat him on a buzzer beater to take the 67-66 win over the Zips. And another thing that's worth noting is the Akron football team lost a heartbreaker on the same night, so that's just really tough for Akron. The 18th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers hosted the University of Tennessee at Martin, beat them 90-62. The number 19th ranked Carolina Tar Heels hosted Loyola, Maryland, beat them 83-67. Number 21, Maryland Terrapins hosted Quinnipiac and beat them 83-69. Like I said, our beloved Auburn Tigers hosted Moorhead State, beat them 77-54. St. Bonaventure beat Siena 75-47. UConn beat California State University 99-48. And to round out the top 25 on night one, Navy beat Virginia 66-58. to So there was a lot going on in the top 25, but there was no shortage of good basketball. I love the Indiana Hoosers. They're one of my sports teams that I just love them, always will. They beat Eastern Michigan in a thriller 68-62. So they got the Mike Woodson era, started off with a win, but... A very close win at that. So now we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of take an in depth look at Auburn's game over Moorhead State. I'm gonna give you some analysis of it. We're gonna talk about the players who stood out to me and some stuff like that. So your top players from Moorhead State were Johnny Broom. He had 12 points, a steal. Um, and eight rebounds, so not a bad day there. Talon Cooper had 11 points, two steals, one block, two assists. Number five, Scalar Potter had nine points and an assist and four rebounds. Not a bad day there. Trey Hollowell had seven points, a steal, an assist, and four rebounds. And... The last player I'm going to highlight from Moorhead State is number two, Jalen Sabri. He had six points, two blocks, one assist, and ten rebounds. Now for Auburn. Auburn had so many good performances off on the court. It was so much fun to watch. It's good to watch this team kind of be back. And I'm just I think it's going to be a great year for Auburn. I'm really, really hyped up. I'm really looking forward to it. So, Devin Cambridge had 11 points, one assist, and four rebounds. Jabari Smith, Auburn's most um, highly touted recruit coming into the season, had 11 points, one assist, and four rebounds. In about early in the second half, I think I think it was early. It may have been more towards the middle. But anyways, Jabari Smith went down with an apparent leg injury. He came back in later, so I'm pretty sure it was just a cramp or something like that, and they just took top caution. But 
I was kind of scared because that's, in a lot of ways, that's Auburn's season. If Jabari Smith were to go down with an injury, that is not a good thing at all. But luckily for Auburn it didn't, and Jabari, it did not seem to be too bad as he came in later and hit a awesome three-pointer. Jalen Williams had 10 points, one block, two assists, and two rebounds. Chris Moore had four points, one assist, and one rebound. Our man Dylan Cardwell, Auburn's ultimate hype beast, had two points, two steals, one block, and two rebounds. Lior Berman, who is another recruit from this offseason, he had a pretty quiet night. He just had two points and... Yeah, it was off of a field goal. Preston Cook had two points and one rebound. Babunte Akingbola was pretty quiet. Everyone else was pretty quiet. Um, Walker Kessler had a fun night. Um, He was fun to watch. And, you know, it was a good night for Auburn. They got it done in convincing fashion. I'm really looking forward to watching them take on University of Louisiana Monroe tomorrow. I hope everyone goes out to be loud in the jungle. and We've got a great thing going there, and let's keep it up. So that's going to do it for the college side of the basketball world today. Let's, I'm going to run through kind of the schedule for the NBA this weekend because it's pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So tonight at 6 o'clock Central Time, Toronto is playing Philadelphia, and at... 8 o'clock Central Time, Indiana Pacers are playing the Utah Jazz. And at 9.30 Eastern Time, the Miami Heat are traveling out west to face off against the L.A. Clippers. Tomorrow is another great game. At 6 o'clock, the New York Knicks are taking on the Charlotte Hornets. At 6.30, the Milwaukee Bucks are traveling up to Boston to take on my Celtics. Um, I'm pretty excited for the Celtics to get to play the Bucks. I hope it goes well. I hope they get some of the off-court drama figured out. and I think they will, and I think the Celtics will be able to get it done. Detroit is traveling down to Cleveland. They'll get to face off against Auburn's very own Isaac Coro and Alabama's very own Colin Sexton. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. The Portland Trailblazers are traveling down to Texas to take on the Houston Rockets. The Phoenix Suns are traveling over to Tennessee to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Brooklyn Nets are traveling down to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are one of the worst teams in the league. They're 1-11. Zion's going to be out of there his first chance. Sacramento is traveling down to Oklahoma to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The San Antonio Spurs are having an in-state rival come and play them. They are playing the Dallas Mavericks with the likes of Luka Doncic. The Atlanta Hawks are traveling out west to take on the Denver Nuggets. The Chicago Bulls are going the same direction as they're going to take on the red-hot Golden State Warriors, who have only lost one game this year, but the Bulls are also very improved. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to travel out west to take on the underwhelming Los Angeles Lakers. So now we're going to kind of get into some stats for the NBA so far this year. Your points leader. So your leader in points per game is Kevin Durant, averaging 29.5. Steph Curry's next with 27.4. 
Paul George is after him with 26.7. Giannis Antetokounmpo is tw- has 26.6 per game. And Ja Morant averaging 26.5 per game. So in rebounds per game, Rudy Gobert is leading that category at 15.9. Jonas Valanciunas is at 14. Nikola Jocic is at 13.6. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 11.8, and Bam Amdebayo, one of my favorite players, at 11.6. So your leaders in assists per game, Chris Paul averaging 10.9, Trey Young averaging 9.3, Russell Westbrook tra- yeah. Russell Westbrook averaging 8.9, James Harden averaging 8.8, and DeJounte Murray is averaging 8.2. So in blocks per game, Miles Turner is your leader there at 3.2. Next up is my Celtics' own Al Horford with 2.4. Next is Anthony Davis, 2.3. Mo Bamba is next with 2.2. And Rudy Gobert is in fifth place there at 1.9. So in steals per game, Alex Caruso leading the way there at 2.6. Paul George next up with 2.5. Gary Trent Jr. next or is tied for second with 2.5. And Matias Teibel, 2.3. And Marcus Smart of my Celtics is tied with him at 2.3. So your leaders in field goal percentage are Robert Williams III for my Celtics at 72.3. Rudy Gobert's next with 72.0. Jared Allen after him with 67.9. Rashawn Holmes with him, 66.0. And Jacob Paltz with 64.8. And to close it out, three-point stats. Your leaders in three-pointers made are Steph Curry with 15. And the last stat we're going to talk about here today for the NBA, Jonas Valanciunas is three-point percentage. Jonas Valanciunas leading the way there with 54.5. Nemanja Belikai next up with 52.2. Eric Gordon after him with 51.3. And Carmelo Anthony and DJ Augustin are tied at 50% to round out that category. That is going to do it for the basketball portion of today's show. When we come back, we're going to recap UFC 268 and talk about what has been going on in the NHL lately. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Keep it here. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Before the break, we talked about college basketball and the NBA. If you missed that and want to hear it, the podcast will be up shortly after today's show. Let's get back into it. UFC 268 went down this weekend, and to sum it up, it was awesome. There were very few dud fights, which is amazing because this event this event included early prelims, which adds more fights to the card, which... The more fights you have on the card, the greater chance of having some duds on there. So, that was awesome. It was very entertaining. Dana White, if you're listening to this, you always need to have Rose Namajunas and Kamara Usman fighting on the same card. It was awesome to see in April, and it was awesome to see on Saturday. So, let's kind of get into it here. We're going to start with the early prelims. To kick off the night in a flyweight bout, Ode Osborne got the win over CJ Vergara. He was the favorite. He won by unanimous decision. Next up, Meslik Bosgardon beat Bruno Souza in a featherweight bout. 
That one was also by unanimous decision. Meslik was the favorite, so no surprise there. In a light heavyweight bout, Dustin Jacoby beat John Allen by also by unanimous decision. He was the favorite. So in a heavyweight bout, Jan Vellante lost to Chris Barnett. It was by knockout at the 223 mark of the second round. Gian was a narrow favorite, so Chris did put the upset, which is good to see as he is a budding superstar, it might look like, in this heavyweight division. And the last early prelim, Ian Gary got the win over Jordan Williams in a welterweight bout. He beat him by knockout at the 459 mark of round number one. So just the fight was stopped with one second left in the first round. If Jordan could have just held on for one more second, we could have seen more of this fight. It was an entertaining one. I I enjoyed it. So moving on to the regular prelims in a middleweight bout, Nasadrine Imov was able to knock off Edmund Shabazan at the 452 mark of round number two by knockout. Another one, if Edmund could have held on for eight more seconds, we could have seen more of this fight, but that's not how she wrote it this time. In a middleweight bout, Chris Curtis picked up the win against Philip Hawes. He beat him by knockout at the 427 mark of round number one. He was a decently heavy underdog as his odds to win were plus 245. Um, Phillip's odds to win were minus 310. So Curtis got it done in convincing fashion. In a lightweight route, Bobby Green got the win against Al LaQuinta. He won by knockout at the 225 mark of the very first round. He was a narrow favorite. I personally took Al in this fight, so I'm interested that I'm interested that Bobby pulled it out. In the last prelim fight, Alex Pereira beat Andres Machilades in a middleweight bout. He got the knockout win at the 18 second mark of round number two. So, he probably could have ended this fight in round number one. There's been some controversy about that on Twitter because in the UFC, it's kind of an unwritten rule that you're not supposed to let things linger because that's how injuries happen. If you can wrap it up, you're supposed to kind of go ahead and wrap it up. So, there's been a lot of talk that Alex could have done that. After watching the fight, I watched it back, and I just don't agree. I I think that if Alex had tried to go for a finish in the first round, he could have put himself at risk to lose. So I think he did the right thing, but a lot of people don't agree. So the first fight of the main card, Justin Gaethje was able to knock off Michael Chandler. This was a lightweight bout. Um, Justin won by unanimous decision. Michael Chandler was coming off a title fight loss from Charles Oliveira back in May. So I thought that he would bounce back here. Justin Gaethje was a minus 210 favorite. Chandler was a plus 175 underdog. So my guy did not get the win, but I like Justin Gaethje a lot, and I'm proud of him as he's going to improve his ranking for a title shot now. Shane Burgos was able to beat Billy Quarantillo in a featherweight bout. He won by unanimous decision. He was a decently heavy favorite as his odds to win were minus 200 and Billy's odds to win were plus 170. In a bantamweight contest, Frankie Edgar 
lost to Marlon Vera at the 350 mark of round number three. If he could have held on for 10 more seconds, this fight would have been over. And I think Marlon would have won there by unanimous decision. Frankie was not doing so good. But, you know, that's just that's not how it went over this time. In a the co-main event in a women's strawweight title bout, Rose Namajunas knocked off Wele Zhang. It was a split decision. Uh, you know, title fights and main events go five rounds. I I think I agree with the Rose call to win. Um, she did very very good, and she's one of my she's definitely my favorite fighter on the female side of things. She probably has an argument to be my favorite overall right now. I love watching her fight. She is so, so good at what she does. It is always entertaining to me. So I'm glad that she got the win. This was a rematch of a fight that happened back in April. And it's awesome that Rose was able to win again. I hope they fight again at some point. And the main event, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington for the welterweight title. Kamaru was able to pick up the win. He was a minus 320 favorite. Colby was a plus 250 underdog. Kamaru got it done by unanimous decision. Um, this is also a title fight, so it went five rounds. But it's just awesome to see an awesome fight like that in a main event slot. My personal favorite thing about it is e these fighters have a lot of bad blood, but after the fight, they still hugged it out. And I liked both of their post-fight interviews. Um, Kamaru said that they're... they're Confirmed that there was some bad blood in between them, but that there might still be. But, you know, it didn't matter that night. They respect each other deep down. I just know it. So, with all that being said, I'm going to give out some Dana White-style fight bonuses for my favorite fights. I'm giving one to Rose Namajunas for her performance. I'm giving one to Justin Gaethje for his performance. And I'm giving one to Bobby Green for his performance, Chris Curtis for his performance. And the last one I'm going to give is way back on the early prelims as Chris Barnett was an underdog but knocked off Jan Vellante in convincing fashion. So those are my fight bonuses. That's going to do it for the UFC portion of this segment. Now let's move into the NHL. Hockey season's been going on for a few weeks now. It's It's been a lot of fun so far. A lot of surprising teams have been good. The Edmonton Oilers are finally winning some games with Connor McDavid, which he's, he's the best player in hockey right now. I don't think there's much dispute on that. So it's definitely interesting to see them finally be competitive. And I honestly wouldn't be too sad if they won the Cup. But we'll have to wait and see. The reason I brought up Edmonton specifically is that they are facing off against my beloved Boston Bruins tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'm, I'll, I'll probably catch a little bit of this one on my phone. I'll be heading over to the women's basketball game here at Auburn tonight. But I think the Bruins will get it done. Calgary faces off against Montreal tonight. Give me, give me Montreal. Los Angeles is facing off against Ottawa on the road. This is a tough one. They're both so bad. But I'm going to go with the Kings. Actually, no, I take that back. Ottawa's looking 
Not as bad as normal. I'm going to go with Ottawa. A big rivalry matchup. The New York Islanders are traveling over to Newark to take on the New Jersey Devils. You know, give me the Islanders. The Florida Panthers are traveling up to Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. Give me the Panthers. Panthers, if you didn't hear me correctly. Panthers. The Washington Capitals are facing off against the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit is down bad. Give me Washington. The Nashville Predators are heading up to play St. Louis. Give me the Preds. The San Jose Sharks are traveling over to Winnipeg to take on the Jets. You know, neither of these teams are very good. I'm going to go with Winnipeg just because they're at home. The Vancouver Canucks are traveling down to Denver to take on the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to roll with the Canucks here. The Minnesota Wild are traveling down to Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Give me the Golden Knights. And the final matchup here tonight, the Seattle Kraken are hosting the Anaheim Ducks. Seattle's looked somewhat serviceable so far this year for being an expansion team. Anaheim is horrible. I'm going to go with Seattle. So we're going to break down a couple stats here so far this year. So your leaders in goals... Alex Ovechkin with 11, Leon Drasati with 10, Connor McDavid with 9. That's definitely a big part of the success that the Oilers have had so far this year is that they have the second and third highest goal scorer. To my surprise, it's not Connor McDavid, but we'll see if that changes or stays the same. It's very close right now. Next is Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets with 9. After that, Troy Terry of the um, Ducks with 9. Tyler Bertuzzi of the Red Wings is 9. Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers is 9. Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers has 8. Anthony Duclair of the Panthers has 8. And Andrew Manny Payne of the Calgary Flames has 8. So some league leaders with assists. Connor McDavid leading the way there at 14. Ryan Nugent Hopkins also of the Oilers leading the way there with or tied for the uh, lead there with 14. Leandre Safety of the Oilers is up there too. No wonder the Oilers are playing so well on offense this year. Evan Kutsnov of the Washington Capitals is next with 11. Artemi Panarin of the Rangers up next with 11. Seth Jones of the Chicago Blackhawks has 11. Ryan Gasarlov of the Ducks has 11. Alexander Ovechkin of the Capitals has 10. My personal favorite player in the NHL. Brad Marchand on my Bruins has 10, and Johnny Gordo for the Flames has 10. So now I'm just going to go through the rookies who are having really good scoring years. Lucas Raymond of the Red Wings, he has 6 on the year. Jonathan Dalen of the Sharks has 6 on the year. Tanner Genut of the Preds is 5. And Cole Sillinger of the Columbus Blue Jackets has four. That is all the time we have for UFC and NHL talk today. After the break, NFL, you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. We've had a great show so far today. 
We have discussed college basketball, the NBA, UFC, and NHL. Now it's time to keep the action going with some NFL talk. So, today has been a pretty eventful Thursday for the NFL. Like, they always, Thursday night football is always somewhat fun to talk about. But, you know, aside from that, there are two major stories in the league today. The first one being, I'm not sure which of these should go first because they're both huge, but Cam Newton signed a deal this afternoon. He is back on the Panthers. What an epic thing. I'm really glad that worked out for him. I really hope he does well. A lot of Auburn fans love Cam. A lot of the Panthers fan base is because of Cam. Um, So, I really hope that it goes well. I honestly, I wouldn't be sad if they won the NFC South over my Saints. And another big news story is OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. He was recently cut by the Browns, and he is signed with the LA Rams. That's crazy. But, you know, that's pretty awesome at the same time. So... Let's recap. Last week, briefly, on Thursday Night Football, Indianapolis hosted the New York Jets. They won 45-30. to Moving on to Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens hosted the Minnesota Vikings. They won in a thriller, 34-31. Next up, the New England Patriots traveled down to Carolina to take on the Panthers, the 4-5 and Panthers. Hopefully that changes now. And they won 24-6. The Cleveland Browns traveled over to the other side of Ohio to take on the Bengals, and they absolutely drummed them 41-16. Next up, the Denver Broncos traveled down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, and they picked up a big win, winning 30-16. I'm very excited about that. Not many people like the Cowboys. Include me in that number. The Buffalo Bills traveled down to Jacksonville, Florida to take on Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and crew. And let's just say I did not see this result coming. Jacksonville picked up the 9-6 win. I'm not sure what this defense was doing differently, but you know, hopefully they can replicate that success and maybe Jacksonville can get things going in the right direction. So, a battle between two bad teams. The Houston Texans traveled to South Beach to take on the Dolphins of Miami. Miami got this one done 17-9. This was, I I saw it coming. I thought that Miami would win. Not sure there's much dispute on that. My least favorite game of the week. My beloved New Orleans Saints hosted the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints led an awesome comeback in the fourth quarter. But they fell just short as on the final drive of the game, they allowed a big pass to, I believe, I'm pretty sure it was Cordell Patterson who called it. I could I could be very wrong, but a big pass had like a 60-yard gain on it, and Young Lake Who put away my boys with a field goal. It was heartbreaking, very, very sad, but... It's always next week. The Las Vegas Raiders traveled up to play the New York Giants. 
And last week on the show, I predicted that Vegas would not win this game, even though being a superior team to the New York Giants. I mainly believe this because of the off-field distractions going on with the Raiders, and I'm not going to get into any of that. I have a pretty strict sports-only policy on here, so I'm not going to get into the reasons. But, yeah, I'm not surprised that New York picked up this upset win at home. And also, home field advantage always always helps. The Los Angeles Char- or it didn't hear, but the Los Angeles Chargers traveled to Lincoln Financial Field and the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chargers picked up the twenty-seven to twenty-four win. Justin Herbert continues his awesome year. He went thirty-two of thirty-eight for three hundred fifty-six yards and two touchdowns. It's an all. It was an awesome performance, and I was, I was stunned. I love watching this guy play. The Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Aaron Rodgers list Green Bay Packers. Kansas City got it done, thirteen to seven. They're still struggling to find success offensively, and on Green Bay, they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love made his first NFL start. Jordan went 19 of 34 for 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Patty Matt went 20 of 37 for 166 yards and a touchdown. Not an an overwhelming day for either guy. Two pretty even stat lines. I think that Kansas City deserved a win, but, you know, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers are just boring. The Arizona Cardinals traveled up to San Francisco to face off against the 49ers. And this is the only case this week I can see of a team just doing what they were supposed to do. Arizona won this game handedly. Colt McCoy looked pretty good for Arizona. He went 22 of 26 for 249 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side went 28 of 40 with for 326 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. This was a fun one to watch. I, I always love it. I like watching Arizona play. On the Sunday night football game, the Tennessee Titans traveled out west to face off against the L.A. Rams. Tennessee picked up a big 28-16 win. Ryan Tannehill went 19-27 of for 143 yards. Matt Stafford looked awesome, as he has been doing lately, but it just wasn't enough. He went 31 of 48 for 294 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions. So it looks like to me that the way that Tennessee has decided to go about being without Derrick Henry as far as their rushing game goes is just have as many different guys run the football as possible. Dante Foreman had five carries, Jeremy McNichols had seven. Adrian Peterson had 10, Ryan Tannehill at 2, Logan Woodside at 1, and Marcus Johnson at 1. You know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were their leading receivers, but they haven't been throwing the ball exactly as much as I anticipated them throwing it. L.A. didn't have a strong rushing attack either, but Robert Woods and Cooper Cup kept doing what they do on the receiving end of things give them a big to give the, the the Titans picked up a big primetime win. I personally thought the LA Rams would do a little better. 
But who knows, maybe adding OB, OBJ to the mix will carry them to big things this year. And to close out the week on Monday Night Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosted the Chicago Bears. They did pretty well for themselves, winning the game 29-27. to Justin Fields looked decent. He went 17-29 of for 291 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Big Ben went 21 of 30 for 205 yards and two touchdowns. And it was it was a pretty boring game despite all the scoring. So moving on to week 10. Tonight on Thursday night football, the Baltimore Ravens travel down to Miami to face off against the Dolphins. I'm picking the Ravens to win. Next up, the Atlanta Falcons are traveling out west to face off against the Cowboys. This will be one of the few times this year that I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I mean, the Fal- yeah, the Cowboys, so I hope they get it done. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to play the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Indy shouldn't have much of an issue with this one. This should be a good game. Cleveland Browns at New England Patriots. Both teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, the spread is 2.5 and in the favor of New England. I'm going to go with New England because they're at home. Another AFC East matchup, the Buffalo Bills are facing off against the New York Jets. Buffalo should win this game, and it should be convincing. But, you know, Buffalo hasn't been doing much of that this year, or recently at least. The Detroit Lions will travel down to Pittsburgh to hopefully pick up their first win. I really, really hope so for their fans' sake. My Saints will travel up to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. The spread is three in favor of the Titans. I think the Saints can get it done. Um, Teron Armstead and C.J. Gardner-Johnson are questionable. So those are two guys that I think are pretty crucial to the Saints. So we'll see if they can carry on without them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel up to Landover, Maryland to take on the Washington football team. The Bucs should win easily. However, I hope that we see it upset. The Carolina Panthers are traveling out west to to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I hope that Cam's starting. I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't because they signed him today. I imagine the earliest he'd be able to get there is tomorrow to actually participate with the team. So I would be, and then they'll have to travel on Saturday. So I would be stunned if we saw Cam take the field this week. I think he'll be ready to go next week. The Minnesota Vikings facing off against the LA Chargers. I think that the Chargers are going to win this game. The Philadelphia Eagles are traveling out west to take on the Denver Broncos. These teams are pretty evenly matched. The spread is 2.5 in favor of the Broncos. I'm going to go with them to get it done. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to face up north to face the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is back, so I think that the Packers will be able to pull it off. The Kansas City Chiefs are traveling down to Vegas to take on the Raiders. I still think the Raiders are going to be pretty distracted given everything that's gone on recently, so I think the Chiefs are going to pick up this win. And to close out Week 10 in the NFL 
on Monday Night Football. It's a matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. The spread is minus four in favor of the Rams. I would have to agree with that. I think that they will win if Matt Stafford keeps balling like he has been. And I hope that's the case because I really like Matt Stafford and it's nice to see him finally winning. That is all the time we have for the NFL here today. But the football talk will continue on the other side of the break with college football. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio. We have had a great show today. We started out with some basketball talk, including both college and the NBA. After that, we talked about UFC 268 and the NHL. Next, we got in some NFL. And to close out today, everyone's favorite, college football. This week was an interesting one. Um, a lot of close games that were kind of surprising. A lot of blowouts that some surprising, some not. So just this week was all over the place. To be honest, with the way things went for Auburn, I'm glad it is over. And I'm kind of glad that we can just move on the next week. I'm just going to run through the top 25 here. Georgia hosted Missouri. They beat them 43-6. to Alabama hosted LSU. I was actually in attendance at this game, believe it or not. Alabama gets it done 20-14. to But, you know, I kind of wish I had betted on LSU to cover the spread because I could have some nice cash in my pocket right now. Number three, Michigan State traveled to West Lafayette, Indiana to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. And that is where good teams go to die. Like, West Lafayette, it must be really hard to win there when you're overlooking the Boilermakers. Number four, Oregon hosted Washington. The Ducks got it done 26-16. Number five, Ohio State traveled out to Nebraska. They won 26-17. I believe that, yeah, this was the big noon kickoff game. Tulsa knocked or visited Cincinnati. This was the college game day game. Number six, Cincinnati picks up the 28-20 win. Desmond Ritter went 15-23 of for 274 yards and two touchdowns. Shamari Brooks was the leading rusher of the game for Tulsa, getting 132 yards and a touchdown off of 25 carries. I think this was a, I wish that Cincinnati had won by more because at this point they're going to have to look convincing to break into the college football playoff. Unranked Indiana, I really hate that, traveled up to the big house to take on Michigan. They did not do very well, losing 29-7. to Number nine, Wake Forest traveled over to Chapel Hill to take on the unranked North Carolina Tar Heels. This was a thrilling shootout, but North Carolina got it done 58-55, to and it was pretty crazy. It was a lot of fun to watch. Number 10, Na- number, I'm sorry, number 10, Notre Dame hosted Navy. Notre Dame won 34-6. Number 11, Oklahoma State traveled up to Morgantown, West Virginia, to take on the Mountaineers. Oklahoma State won 24-3. Our guy, our main man, Spencer Sanders, went 21-31 of for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Warren of Oklahoma State had 16 carries for 78 yards and one touchdown. 
and Tay Martin was the leading Cowboys receiver, picking up 63 yards off of seven receptions, also good for two touchdowns. Number 12, Baylor. They traveled down to Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horn Frogs, and TCU upset them 30-28. Number 13, Auburn. Number 14, Texas A&M. Uh, you know what happened. Idaho State traveled down to face BYU. BYU won. Ole Miss beat Liberty in a somewhat close game, 27-14, and Hugh Freeze's return to Oxford. Mississippi State lost to Arkansas, 31-28. Hopefully, I haven't looked at the new college football playoff poll, but I kind of hope Mississippi State is left out of it. Tennessee traveled up north to Kentucky. They won 45-42 over the 18th-ranked Wildcats. NC State, number 19, played Florida State on the road. They got it done 28-14. Minnesota hosted Illinois and got upset 14-6. That is Illinois' second big upset on the year. Number 21, Wisconsin, traveled to Piscataway, New Jersey and demolished the Rutgers Scarlet Knights 52-3. The Iowa Hawkeyes traveled to Evanston, Illinois to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. And Iowa got it done 17-12. to Boise State, unranked Boise State, demolished number 23 Fresno State 40-14. to Number 24 San Diego State beat Hawaii 17-10. to And to round out the top 25 action in Week 10, number 25 Pitt beat Duke 54-29. to Let's move into this week. So tonight... The North Carolina Tar Heels are going to face off against the Pitt Panthers. I'm really interested in this one. Um, Pitt's the favorite, minus 6.5. Over under 72. I'm taking the over. I think that North Carolina is going to keep it rolling, and I think they're, they're going to get it done. Tomorrow night, number 5, Cincinnati, only one spot away from the playoff. They travel down to Tampa to take on a bad South Florida team. They are a 23-point favorite. I think that they get it done. Alabama hosts New Mexico State. Yeah. Um, wow. Michigan is traveling to Happy Valley to take on the number six, I mean, the unranked Penn State Nittany Lions. I really hate that. We're big fans of the Nittany Lions here at Auburn. I'm, I'm, it's kind of sad that Penn State has, I believe they've lost three in a row at this point. Um, no, they have a win against Indiana and they're somewhere, but that's, that's just not good. Number eight, Oklahoma is hosting number 13, Baylor. I think that Oklahoma should get this done. They're a five-point favorite. Auburn is hosting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'm going to go with Auburn. We're a five-point favorite. Over-under is 50. I'm taking the under I think that Auburn gets it done. Northwestern is traveling up to Madison to take on the 18th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. I think that Wisconsin wins. Number 24, Utah, is on the road against Arizona. I would be shocked if Utah dropped that one. Number 1, Georgia, is traveling up to Neyland Stadium to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm going to be rooting hard for Tennessee. We'll see if that pays any dividends for me. They're a 20-point underdog. Number 19, Purdue, 
facing off against number four, Ohio State and Columbus. I am really intrigued by this matchup. Um, Ohio State will probably win, but I expect Purdue to bring it. Number 20, Iowa is taking on Minnesota. Number 23, University of Texas at San Antonio is taking on Southern Miss. Number 7, Michigan State is hosting Maryland. The 11th ranked Texas A&M Aggies are traveling to Oxford to take on the 15th ranked Ole Miss Rebels. Texas A&M is a narrow favorite. Um, I think that Ole Miss is going to pull the upset. Number 9, Notre Dame is traveling to Charlottesville to take on the Virginia Cavaliers. Number 16, NC State is traveling to Winston-Salem to take on the 12th ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I'm really intrigued by this one. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm really glad that Auburn has an early game this week because there's a lot of good football on later in the day. Number 25, Arkansas taking on the unranked LSU Tigers on the road. I I think that LSU is going to capitalize after a big week last week, did a lot better than expected, and I think that LSU is going to pull the upset. You heard it here first. TCU and Oklahoma State. I think that Spencer Sanders is going to have a big day, not me being biased. <laughs> I think that I think that TCU is not going to get a win. Number three, Oregon is hosting Washington State. Oregon should not struggle, keyword should not. And the last top 25 matchup this week, number 22, San Diego State is hosting Nevada. I don't think that San Diego State should struggle, but who knows, they might. So for the last couple minutes here today, I'm going to give my thoughts on the newest college football playoff poll. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to kind of analyze where I would put some teams. So we're going to run through it back to front. So Arkansas is 25, Utah is 24, UTSA is 23, San Diego State is 22, Pitt is 21, Iowa is 20, Purdue's 19, Wisconsin's 18, Auburn is 17, NC State is 16, Ole Miss is 15, BYU's 14, Baylor's 13, Wake Forest is 12, Texas A&M is 11, Oklahoma State is 10, Notre Dame is 9, Oklahoma is 8, Michigan State is 7, Michigan is 6, Cincinnati is 5, Ohio State is 4, I wish it was Oklahoma State, Oregon is 3, Alabama is 2, and Georgia is 1. So, I think that Cincinnati should be number 4. I think that Ohio State should be number 3, and honestly, I think that Oregon should be 5. I know that's controversial because Oregon has, they knocked off Ohio State, but since then, Oregon has been looking worse and Ohio State has been looking better. Um, I also think that Michigan State should not be ranked over Oklahoma or Notre Dame or Oklahoma State for that matter. I think that Michigan State should be 10. I think, I don't see anything else too egregious here. I know Mississippi State dropped out of the rankings from being 17th, which, let's be real, Mississippi State had absolutely zero business being number 17 in this poll. You cannot convince me that there are... You can't convince me that there are that many teams that Mississippi State is better than. Like, 
if if they had been 25 or 24, maybe. But I just don't see that out of Mississippi State. There are a lot of teams in this playoff poll right now facing like kind of lesser opponents this week, like Tennessee. I mean, excuse me, Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon all play an unranked opponent. Um, Ohio State plays Purdue, but then it kind of goes down again, like Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State all play unranked opponents, then Oklahoma plays Baylor, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State play unranked opponents, then Texas A&M plays a ranked opponent, Wake Forest ranked opponent. So, you know, it's it's not the most exciting week ever. Next week won't be either, but the week after rivalry week that is going to have a big part to play so really quick just going to kind of highlight some Auburn football stuff Auburn fans it is not time to tune out yet there is still a somewhat existent chance of us going to Atlanta not the most over not the most likely thing in the world but a chance is a chance we are a five and a half point favorite this Saturday do not let the 11 a.m. kickoff keep you away. It's going to be a great game as we honor our veterans. It's going to be a lot of fun. Show up, be loud, and let's help Brian Harson and our Tigers get a big win against Mississippi State and get right back into things. Then let's give them the momentum to go on the road, beat South Carolina, and then we get to host Bama this year. And Alabama historically struggles in Jordan-Hare. So I think that if we can win this Mississippi State game, things are still very much under our control. So that is my two cents on that. That is about it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to all of our veterans out there. Your service is very much appreciated. Be sure to come out Friday night to support the men's basketball team against ULM. Be sure to come out tonight to support the women. Or if you want to go to the soccer game and the tournament tomorrow, that's okay too. We will be back next Thursday at 3. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And War Eagle. You've been listening to the Eagle's Nest with Daniel Locke on Weagle 91.1 FM. Be sure to tune in next Thursday at 3 o'clock for more sports action on the Plains. As always, if you miss out, you can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at TheDanielLock. Until next time, have a great day and we're equal.